you've got to understand what is going to work for you. Tap into what you know. Leverage your relationships to start the firm of your dreams. We could have so many clients, right? But they only have one attorney. What do they expect from you? Welcome to Personal Injury Mastermind. I'm your host, Chris Dreyer, founder and CEO of Rankings.io, the no excuses, no BS legal marketing agency that works harder than the competition. Each week, you get insights and wisdom from some of the best in the industry. Hit that follow button so that you never miss an episode. All right, let's dive in. Competence comes from practice and repetition. Competence turns into competence, and confidence acts as the foundation to build the firm of your dreams. Susanna Abrahamian has done that work, put in the hours, and fully owns her capabilities. A personal injury rising star, she has recovered over $83 million for her clients. Over the past 10 years, she's got those reps in and learned to manage the firm along the way. Feeling the call to go out on her own, she was able to stand firmly on the steady foundation of confidence she has built over the years. Today, she offers great insights on starting a firm. She explains how she tapped into her sphere of influence to get initial clients, how to look for opportunities in underserved practice areas, and the importance of opening up communication with clients. Here's Susanna Abrahamian, founder of Susanna Abrahamian Law Firm. A lot of us uh, venture out into the practice of law for a reason. Some might do it just because family members are attorneys. My dad wanted me to become an attorney. I want to make money and so forth. The reason for me was more personal. So I am a first generation immigrant. I was born and raised in Armenia. I have a very close knit family. I have a younger brother who's also an attorney. David and my mom and my dad. So we came to the United States when I was 11 years old, started off fifth grade, didn't know a word in English. Um, it was my third language, actually. So here I am learning my ways and my family instilled in me that you're going to work hard. This is an amazing country. We brought you here because you could achieve anything you want to achieve in this world. So hardworking student, getting the perfect grades and so forth. I remember this day uh, extremely well sitting in 12th grade, getting another award when I got a call that my dad was involved in a horrible accident. He was 40 years old, Chris. He was a truck driver. He left the house that day to go make a living for his family. And he never came back. I never saw him, didn't get to say goodbye to my dad. And that paved the road for me to do what I do today. I knew I was going to be an attorney. I knew I was going to go to law school and I was going to represent the injured individuals, and I was going to do nothing but plaintiff's work. It just paved the road for me, Chris. It was set in stone. It was one of those moments in life, those pivotal moments where you know your reason, you know your why, and now you have to do it. Thank you for sharing that. And I I, I tend to get emotional and on these things, and, and forgive me here. So you knew right away, hey, I'm going to law school. I'm going to be a plaintiff attorney. I'm going to be a PI attorney. Did you find that with that intention that they, that it sets you up a little bit different in law school, just in the law school itself? I think law school is so different from the actual practice of law. One of the classes that is, I think, instrumental for all of us in the legal professions is the professionalism class, ethics, right? What you do, how you do it, how you present the case, because our clients are a number one priority. And this is a very, very noble profession. The more practical classes, the mediation classes were very useful and help, helpful for the profession. As far as the core classes, such as 
contracts, uh, constitutional law, torts, very helpful when it came to torts, right? Because it's what I wanted to do. So then I took a products liability class, mass torts, aviation class with one of the greatest plaintiff's attorneys that I know, which was amazing. So all that, of course, helped set what we need to know as far as the law is concerned. You're at the top of your top of your class. And in, in terms, you said, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to execute. You're very intentional about this. What's next? Like right out of law school, did you, did you start interning for someone? I'm a single mom to two boys. So I took the four year route as opposed to three. But I was in a class full of 100 students, the first general class setting with all students who were just the regular students right out of college there to just learn. But guess what, Chris, with dedication, hard work, I excelled in so many of the classes. So the following year, I was the teacher's assistant to civil procedure class. And also my, I forgot, I think it was the mass torts class. And I taught the students that were taking the class following year. So it was so rewarding to do that. So then right out of law school, at the very end, I interned for a judge at LA Superior Court, got great experience writing up tentative rulings. He would review them and say, I think this is great. And you would see it posted outside of the courtroom. And when I would go in the next day, I would look at it and say, you know what? He thought it was amazing and he stands by it. He also told me to go see some trials that were taking place at that time involving wrongful death cases. So I would go observe that. And then I also interned for the attorney general, um, attorney general's office in the tort and condemnation section. So that was last year of law school. And then I sat in for the bar and passed and started practicing. Wow. wow. So you, so you're moving right up. A lot of individuals, they're reading, they're, they're testing, but you're getting on the application side with teaching, with these experiences, these rulings. And I imagine that kind of set the tone. Did you start working at a law firm like immediately right out of the gate because you had this great experience and, and probably these amazing references that and, and individuals that would vouch for you? I started working at a big plaintiff's law firm for the first year, and then I moved to another firm where I stayed close to about nine, 10 years, I would say. Yeah. Um, and then recently, I just launched my own firm. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to key in on. And you had some amazing settlements with the other firms and you did exceptional work for your clients. And I, I want to talk about this this whirlwind experience because 10 years in, you're like, hey, I'm doing this. So you've had your firm all open for five, six months. And so what made you choose to take this, this path? It Tough decision, but at the same time, a decision I was ready for. Um, there comes a time where you evaluate, what am I doing now? Can I do something better? Can I do it differently? Right? So what was my purpose? I started re-evaluating myself and refocused. And it, a lot of it happened during the pandemic where I had more downtime. And I thought I need to spend more time and give what I need to do to those clients I could relate to. I'm an immigrant. I relate to the clients where they're scared because they don't have a status. They think that they can't file a lawsuit because they're not legal. One of the questions that we get asked all the time in litigation is, what is your immigration status, right? One of the reasons was that the client communications, the contact, the relatable aspect, and for them to be able to both relate to me and for me to relate to them. 
that's my purpose. That's my satisfaction. And that's my why. So that was one of the reasons I have two boys that are growing up. One of them is uh, on his way to go to law school. And I think the other one might too. He's in 11th grade. He has a year left. And fingers crossed, what I do see is them joining my purpose, my vision in my firm and for us to continue helping out the clients and the community and to do great work to give them what they deserve the most. That's so amazing to know your purpose, to know your why. And thank you for sharing that. And and that's just incredible. Let's talk about what goes into this, because I'm sure many of our audience, maybe they maybe they're in a similar situation. Maybe they have the competence and now they have the confidence to go out and start their own practice. What kind of planning goes into it? What what are you thinking about in, in originating your own cases and in operations and just the cost that goes into this? Tell me about like kind of what into this plan. So one of the things that goes into deciding is, am I competent enough to start on my own? So yes, check. More than 10 years of experience. Some people take off on their own and they have mentors. That's fine. But you've got to understand what is going to work for you, right? Do I have enough experience? As far as planning, I mean, it's a question goes into how am I going to get cases? Am I going to have enough work? Because at the end of the day, right, um, have to support the family. That also comes with years of practice. Defense counsels know who you are. They know your reputation. They know your credibility, um, your integrity, your communication skills, and what you do for the clients, right? They're on the other side. So one of my sources has been the defense counsels, the up opposite side. They have people. If something happens to them, they think of who the credible attorneys that could go to and rely on because, because they know you fight. Once you set your groundwork and you become that reputable attorney, that's one of the ways. Another way is working with other attorneys. It could be newer attorneys who don't have a lot of experience who want to get you on board. And I am more than happy to help. I get phone calls and text messages all the time, a few times a week. Susanna, what do you think of this situation? What do you think of that situation? Can you give me a sample of this? More than happy to take those calls and help them out. And look, 10, 20, 30 times later, they might say, you know what, Susanna, let's jump on this together. Are you willing to take this on? We would appreciate that. That's the second pillar, uh, which has been great. And establishing yourself with also the experienced attorneys who get on, get a case where it doesn't really fit in their term, in their firm. For example, if they only do MedMal or product liability focused firm and they have a PI case with dog bites, which I'm in tune in, those cases, they might refer that to me. So you have to have your sources and the pillars if you're not the big billboard advertising attorney to be able to bring in those cases. Fantastic. I love how you talk about working your sphere of influence. I had a Steve Fretzen in and he he coaches on that. And you just you have this natural, you have this amazing sphere that you're working. And I love the 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 giving out, putting out the goodwill and and giving the go-giver mentality because it comes back 10x and, and reciprocity. Definitely. I'm a big believer in that. And Chris, also um, people that you represent with, if you do good work, if you do stellar work and they see that in you, they're going to come back to you. And getting the call, getting the text message saying, Susanna, thank you so much for doing this for me. I could tell you how much heart you put into my case. And I thank you for it. And who are they going to refer your case, their case to or their friend's case? They're going to refer it to you. 
Absolutely. One of the things you mentioned that I just want to key in on here is, and I just had a conversation with John Robinson from a consumer attorney marketing group, and we were talking about these underserved practice areas. Most of the the billboard lawyers, the TV lawyers, and, and they're the big advertisers, right? No, nothing wrong with that. They they do a lot of auto auto accidents, but but cases like your your dog bites or some slip and falls and premises kind of fall away or, or they just, you know, they're just not focused on when it goes to Google ads and these other marketing channels and you're bidding on car accident lawyer, maybe $300, $500 a click versus dog bite accident attorney or, you know, premises liability attorney may be significantly lo- lower. So have, have you found that an easy approach to these more experienced PI attorneys or more veteran firms that have been around a long time? Some attorneys stay away from particular type of cases. They only, like you mentioned, they only want those auto cases. Yes, they're not paid attention to, sadly, the way they should. And that brought me back to right the client contact, knowing the client's story and how much time you spend with them. Uh, but premises liability cases, dog bite cases, those cases are ones that I've seen more and more to be referred out to than auto accident. Simple liability is clear. But even with um, the liability disputed cases, a lot of attorneys would like to refer those out as opposed to litigating those cases. Fantastic. Let, let's talk about like a little forecasting here. So let's at the beginning, when you start your firm, you, you're wearing, uh, you know, 10,000 hats. And if you've read the, the book, Michael Gerber's book, The E-Myth Revisited, it's like you have the, the technician, the manager, the owner, and you're wearing all these hats. So when you think about growing, how are you approaching additional labor? Like, how are you thinking of this as you grow? Um, definitely one step at a time. <laughs> one, it's about organizing, timing, client contact. Again, that has to be key to maintain those those cases and making sure that the clients receive more than that check. The delegating aspect, uh, you have to think about when you're managing the firm, right? Respecting your team, being loyal to your team, working with your team. All that is crucial. Your core values when you're building a firm is crucial. So you have to set that as soon as people coming in, you have to know what are your core values and is this person going to fit within the values of your firm? So as I bring in people like associates, as you mentioned, one of the key things I'm going to look at is will this person fit within what I look at what my firm stands for? Is it going to be aligned with the purpose and its values? Other roles as far as writing the checks out, accounting and so forth. That I could tell you I haven't done, but am I going to be able to do it? Of course. So it's just you learn as you go in terms of those aspects. And as soon as I know that there's definitely need, a person comes on board. No issues there because I wouldn't want to take my time away from what I need to do just to fill in those aspects of running a firm. Fantastic. I The thing that I keep hearing you repeat from the very beginning, it's about the client. It's about the client. I don't even think you, you, you said customer because they're an individual. And I love that focus. I've always been intrigued with like the organizational design of firms as you grow. I guess at the beginning, the attorney is kind of client services. And as you grow, it seems like uh, Mike Morrison from Michigan, where he's got a massive PI firm where he's got these 
dedicated case managers. Is the case manager is it just is it just your client service person that's updating the client on the on the case, and then you have the attorneys working? Like, t- tell me a little bit about the organizational design, and maybe some of our audience that's a little unsure about these organizational components that go into it. Mike Morse is great. Uh, Fireproof is a great book uh, to read. I think I, I've heard him on your podcast too. Client contact, like I said, is huge. There has to be communication. There has to be compassion. We could have so many clients, right? But they only have one attorney. It's just, it's just us. So what do they expect from you? They came to you for a reason, right? They came to you for help. So you have to deliver that. There are so many firms that say client first, client first, and then client goes and just figures out, wait a minute, what happened? Who's my attorney? Or Where's gets my referred. attorney? Yeah, right. So who is my attorney? I want to be in touch with the attorney and not just a case manager. So it's crucial that I think uh, a call goes, if you are going to have a case manager, if you are going to have an associate working with you, there is an introduction to the client. Here is my team. This is the person that is going to do so and so and so. You don't hear from this person. You reach out to me directly. Here is my number. I will always reach out to you. You will know everything that's going on with your case. I am here to answer your question. I'm willing to meet with you in person, over the phone, by Zoom, however you like to be updated. But every single person has to have the responsibilities and follow through with it. That's that's my take on servicing the client. I know what it's like to be in that situation. Sure, mine was extremely traumatic. It was really, really sad. And Chris, when I've worked on the wrongful death cases, I had a recent one that settled, I think maybe two years ago. Till today, I still get, I'm still in touch with, with them. I can't even call them clients anymore, but they, they felt that they're being heard, which is key. You have to make sure that they're heard. Were there other associates working? Yes. Who were they in contact with? Me. So it's it's important for them to feel heard, safe, and taken care of. And I got to say, if, I, if I'm ever in a, a bad situation where I need an attorney, I want the communication because if I don't have it, I'm just going to fill my head with, with the worst case scenario. So having that access is reassuring. You know, the stress is declining. I, I imagine, too, them turning into evangelists to help promote you and advocate for you for review or referrals easier. And then you stand significantly less likelihood of getting a negative review, which can be very damaging to a firm. That can happen as as great as you could be. That can happen. And, but yes, you have a great point. The better you do, the less you're going to have of that and the greater reviews you're going to have. Where can people go to get in touch with you? And what's next? My email address, it's Susanna at SusannaAbrahamianLaw.com. And what's next for me is amazing growth and fulfilling my purpose, my why, Chris. Thanks so much to Susanna for sharing her wisdom today. Let's hit the takeaways. Time for the pinpoints. Work your sphere of influence. Your first clients are closer than you think. Help those next to you when they ask for it. This builds credibility and authority with your peers, making you the go-to for your co-counsel and references for other attorneys. I am more than happy to help. I get phone calls and text messages all the time. What do you think of this situation? What do you think of that situation? Can you give me a sample of this? More than happy to take those calls and help them out. And look, 10, 20, 30 times later, they might say, you know what, Susanna, let's jump on this together. Tap into underserved markets. Everyone wants that auto case. So the demand for acquisition will be much more expensive. 
Drive down the cost for acquisition. Look for cases that fall by the wayside, like premises liability. Premises liability cases, dog bite cases, those cases are ones that I've seen more and more to be referred out to than auto accident, simple liability is clear. But even with um, the liability disputed cases, a lot of attorneys would like to refer those out as opposed to litigating those cases. Talk to your clients. A case manager is a great resource to have. Introduce your clients to the members of your team who will be touching the case. Continue with frequent and transparent communication to strengthen the connection to the client. They came to you for a reason, right? If you are going to have a case manager, if you are going to have an associate working with you, there is an introduction. Here is my team. You don't hear from this person. You reach out to me directly. Here is my number. For more information about Susanna, check out the show notes. While you're there, hit that follow button so that you never miss an episode of Personal Injury Mastermind with me, Chris Stryer, founder and CEO of Rankings.io. All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging out. See you next time. I'm out.